before we start the podcast on three grind one two three grind grind jesus christ hi everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine everything is fine hey everybody everything's fine hey everything's fine relax everything is just fine all right welcome back to another episode of Everything's fine. I am your host, Kyle Pagan, joined as always by Mark Henry. No guest today. Me and Mark will be taking you through the hour. Eagles, Panthers coming up. Christian McCaffrey, is he playing? Is he not playing? Everyone knows the hamstring is the alternator of the legs. Uh, you don't know you need it until you don't have it. Uh, it's a, if the defense does not sack Sam Darnold at least three times, this is a, such a get-right game. For the defense, terrible offensive line on the Panthers side. I don't know about the Panthers' defense. They're like fourth in DVOA, but they also gave up like 245 rushing yards to the Cowboys uh, last week. Uh, Stephon Gilmore out. J.C. Uh, Horn is out. Uh, Shaq Thompson, I believe, is out. From a gambler's perspective, Mark, how are you feeling about this game? I think it's like three and a half. Some books are four. Some books are three. Yeah, I, I think that's the weirdest thing because, I, I mean, the Christian McCaffrey news, it, it seems like he's trending towards playing. Um, it, it seems like that's almost written in stone at this point. But like the fantasy, the fantasy sites all are projecting in points and I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to doubt them. He said he he said he feels like he, he's trending in the right direction towards playing. And usually with a running back, I wouldn't factor that too much into my opinion on the game or how I think the game will go. But with Christian McCaffrey, uh, he is an absolute difference maker in, in a way that there are no other like him in, in the NFL at the running back position. Uh, he completely transforms that offense in Carolina. And not only, obviously, does he help them on the running in the running game, but he's their best receiver when he's out there too. And that's on a team with two pretty good receivers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So uh, you look at what Dallas had to do against them last week compared to what we'll have to do against them if they do have McCaffrey out there, it is a bit of a different team. And you'd think Vegas would adjust to that. You'd think Vegas would look at that and say, oh, we'll go, we'll move this line up to Carolina minus five, maybe keep it at four and a half even. And the spread opened at four and a half. The McCaffrey news comes out. By the time that came out, it was around three and a half. It's now at three on a lot of, on a lot of books. I don't understand why this line's moving towards the Eagles. If you look at the injury news, if McCaffrey's coming back, you know, Lane is still out or is still questionable. Like, whatever you want to say Lane is, uh, it's still a mystery. Um, We don't know if Mylotta's playing. And, again, 72% of the bets are on the Panthers here, but over half the money is on the Eagles. So that tells you that the the smart folks out in the desert are are liking the birds a little bit this weekend. And – I think it's a 50-50 game. I think this looks like a toss-up to me. Are the linebackers fast enough to cover Sam Lamarnold? I think that's a big question coming in. The leading the, rusher in the uh, in the NFL right now in touchdowns. I think the bigger question is McCaffrey. <laughs> I, I mean, it, the running the linebackers for this team are going to be a serious problem. The two-headed um, monster you know. of the Carolina Panthers' run offense. Sam yeah, Donald I actually thought I, I thought this was interesting. If you want to stay in the linebackers. Uh, Green Legion Radio on Fox PHL Gambler, Sean Bradley, uh, usually is on that show. He told uh, Spadaro and the other guys last night that he couldn't make it because the defense is running some extra meetings uh, before the Panthers game. And he said, I could probably get out of it if you like if you want me to ask. And they're like, no, go to practice. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently he's going to get more him and Davion Taylor are going to get more work. Um, this week and honestly like why not like it can't really get much worse than how Wilson Singleton and the guys have been Edwards have been out there I mean they've just been an absolute abomination I'll give you a stat for some people uh, who's looking to gamble on this game the Eagles third quarter spread can you can you bet quarter spreads you can it's like a book-to-book thing I'd say like on in terms of if you can bet it before the game now you can definitely bet it at half once it gets to okay, half-time, at halftime or, yeah mm-hmm. so here, here you go bet the eagles in the third quarter spread i don't care what it is whatever it is just take it the panthers are abysmal 
in the third quarter. They've scored 17 points in the third quarter of the last eight games, dating back to last year, obviously. Wow. They've given up 53 points in the third quarter out of those eight games. Haven't scored a point in the third quarter at home all season. Sam Darnold, 43.3 completion percentage, 164 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, 21.4 QBR. I don't know about Matt Rule. I don't know about Joe Brady. They just don't make second half adjustments, it looks like. Uh, I mean, let's let's take it easy on my guy Joe Brady, who should be the Philadelphia Eagles head coach right now. That guy, guy's been dealing with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. He left college to go to the NFL, and he, he took a decrease in quarterbacks from Joe Burrow to those guys. Going over to the Eagles side, though, I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen. If they, if I'm not a run the ball guy, I don't think I'll ever be the run the ball guy. But come on, Nick Sirianni, if, they, if you don't run the ball at least 20 times this week, like. There's just there's just internal struggles between him and Miles Sanders. It doesn't make sense. Even if it's if it's Kenny Gainwell running the ball 20 times because they want to get him in action because they don't think they're going to pick up Miles Sanders' contract next year or maybe they're low on Miles Sanders. I, I don't know. He does have the most yards after catch on the Eagles, which is shocking to to, to uh, hear that stat. Also, the Eagles also lead the league in, in yards after the catch, which is this isn't your this isn't your uh, your college Eagles. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just would love to see the defense get a couple sacks on Sam Darnold with that offensive line. I'd love to see, you know, Jalen Hurts put another game plan together against a, I guess they're fourth in DVOA. So can we call them a good defense? I, I think it's getting a little overrated. Uh, I think that this defense has been propped up by the Jets and the Texans. Uh, if you look at those numbers, and I think that those are the, the two top teams that you want to play uh, to, to beef up your defensive numbers. I think that they had another game that wasn't too hard either on there. They, they really dominated the saints. That That is like, if you want to say I'm sold on the Panthers defense, that's the performance you're pointing to. And you're pointing to them and their ability to, I think they, they won like that game, like 28 to 10 or something and completely shut James down, shut Taysom down. That's a weird offense. And we've seen now with new Orleans, new Orleans had a terrible game last week. I mean, they got beat by the giants at home. I mean, so I don't. Uh, it, New Orleans is kind of the 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 mystery that's making the NFL go round for me right now because it's like everything I'm trying to make a definitive point on. Always somehow the, the Saints are involved. Either they beat the team I like, or they lost to the team I like, or the, the whole transitive opponents game. And I don't know what the Saints are. And that's a big uh, and not to spend too much time talking about the Saints on, while we're discussing a Panthers game. But that game is important to the figuring out what the Panthers are, and so is last week's game. There's pr- they're probably somewhere in the middle of that defensive performance against the Cowboys, giving up 36 points, giving up over 200 rushing yards, and completely shutting down the Saints. Is it closer to that Saints performance? Is it closer to that Cowboys performance? That's going to be the kind of interesting factor for this week's game. Brian Burns is a beast. I mean, their D-end, uh, he's an absolute beast. He's the only good thing out of Florida State in like the last decade. Uh, but... Uh, and then on the on the other side, you have Hassan Reddick. I, I think he went to a college uh, in Philadelphia, I believe. No, Go else. I know. I know Cincinnati. where Hassan went. <laughs> I know where Hassan Reddick went. But uh, Derek Brown on the D line, also at Auburn, really good D line. I think this is a a legitimate solid D line. I don't think I can pick a, pick that apart at all. I think the back seven of the defense can be picked apart, and maybe it won't be able to be in a few weeks because if you look at J.C. Horn, you look at Stephon Gilmore. You look at C.J. Henderson; those should be three really good corners, and that should be one of the top. That should be one of the top cornerback trios in the NFL. But J.C. Horn's out. Stephon Gilmore can't play until Week Seven, and C.J. Henderson played 18% of snaps last week. So, I mean, they're really, really patchworking it up in the secondary a little bit. The only good player in that secondary that's going to be playing legitimate snaps in this game is Jeremy Chin at safety. So, I think this. Panthers defense can be had now Brian Burns Derek Brown and Hassan Reddick can can mess the game plan up if they get in the backfield if they start blitzing if they if the offensive line which wasn't a storyline last week when we definitely thought it would be with all the injuries if it comes back down to earth a little bit and it does not keep Jalen clean like it did last week then this could be a bad game for Car- this could be a bad game against Carolina but I, I would say the main factor is McCaffrey on offense, needing to stop McCaffrey on offense, and then needing to contain the Panthers' D-line on defense. Oddly enough, I feel like the Panthers have been a part of like our childhood in terms of like memorable games. Remember that th- 
Super Bowl season. They played them on Thursday, and they went five and one. I think I, I think they beat them like twenty eight, like eighteen or something like that. That was the first game that I was like, okay, this team actually might be good. That Thursday night, I think it was on Amazon for the first time ever, and then. The 2018 game the next year when we're up 17 nothing going into the fourth and we lose 21 to 17. I remember that game because I was violently hungover. Like violently hungover where you puke so much that you have nothing left in your in your stomach to puke anymore. So you're just dry heaving. I remember falling asleep during the second quarter because they have it in the bag and waking up and being like they lost 21-17 in the fourth. And then obviously <laughs> The 2003 NFC Championship and Ricky Manning Jr.'s th- three picks. Like, Don't even bring that up. Ricky Manning Jr. didn't do anything for the rest of his career after that. Three picks in the NFC Championship. <sighs> yeah, the Panthers have an oddly, oddly memorable games in our lifetime for being a team I don't think of ever. No, yes. I mean, I always just go back to that conference championship. I mean, the fact that you have Carolina... Tampa Bay, the Rams, all those conferences, Arizona a couple of years later. I just feel like we got beat by all these like irrelevant franchises. So we got beat by all these franchises without fans. And ugh, it's just the worst. Andy Reid, everyone wants to act like he was the best thing since sliced bread. He lost to Jake Belome in an NFC championship game. Oh, stop. Jake Belome. Jake Belome. Four straight NFC championships. All right. You lost. We've had the most successful. We grew up watching the most successful Eagles in the franchise history. Yeah, well, sure. A decade of success. Much. A decade of success. I'd throw that decade away for the one year, four years ago. Well, yeah, obviously. But I'll take the last decade over the, over the decade before. You'll take the last decade, so 2010. Has- so you got the Dream Team. Yeah, I'll take Mike all the downs for the You got the... Miracle at the Meadowlands. Miracle at the Meadowlands. Double you got doink. the Chip Kelly. Oh, I mean, I, Double I, I mean, yeah. Obviously, when you win the Super Bowl, of course you take the last 10 years, but being in it all the time, being a playoff team, going into the, going into the season... Knowing that you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC East, that's a nice feeling. We don't really get that feeling that much in the last 10 years. It's kind of like a, hey, will they or won't they? Isn't it funny, though, when, when we care about that? Like, the Utah Jazz have a chance every year. I mean, the Utah Jazz make the playoffs every year, but we make fun of them. The Lamar Jackson he gets a two or a three seed every year, and everyone wants to tell me how he's terrible. Uh, it's just funny when, it decide, when we decide that winning to a point matters because – um, I, yeah, but I, it's not like it's not like you told Jazz where they're not getting out of the second round. It's like we were at we were right there, we were right there like four straight times, and even in two thousand and eight, I think when we lost to Arizona, two thousand ten, I get I get those mixed I, up. Yeah, I think it's 08. Um, when we were right there, when we should have beat, we should have beaten the Panthers, we should have beaten Tampa Bay, we should have beaten. Uh, You're Arizona. making my point for me here. We should have beaten those teams. You're right. <laughs> I know I am, but. No, nah, I mean, I would take that decade of success over the last decade. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a stupid thing to say because we won a we won a Super Bowl, so it's kind of hard. Um, but that was the greatest four years of success in Eagles franchise history, and that's a guy who took Coy Detmer, who took AJ Feely, who took Jeff Garcia, and made them into playoff quarterbacks. I don't think Clay Detmer ever started a playoff game, but he may not started a playoff game, but he was there when we he was um, important to that team. He was a good Donovan holder. Went down. He was a good holder. Clay Detmer uh, spanked the monkey <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Dude, um, he was playing awesome, and then he got hurt, and then AJ Feely and AJ Feely came in and looked good too. It's, it's AJ Feely is a legend. AJ Feely is a legend. Um, I can't believe we traded him for like a third round pick. Um, what do you think of uh, What do you think of Jalen snickering at the uh, at the press conference? I think, you have more, about, uh, I, think, I think you have more takeaways here than I do, uh, if you want to play it. From the sideline. Everything's from the sideline. I don't, I don't know if I want to hear that, though. But. 
the first off script answer we've seen from Jalen Hurts. Well, I guess he didn't really have the uh, the deuce uh, quote coming into the uh, coming into the press conference. I think in his uh, in his arsenal. Um, <laughs> you don't think that was you do think that was a plan? <laughs> you know what? It probably was planned. Honestly, <laughs> he probably he probably sits at his locker and has like two quotes pregame. Is like, if we win, this is going to be the quote. If we lose, this is going to be the quote. Flush um, I love it. I love him. I think he's defending Nick on that one. I, I have totally changed my tune on Jalen Hurts <laughs> since the Cowboys. Since I was like, he's got 17 games to pass the eye test. If he doesn't have it, he's out. Um, my Jalen Hurts meter was at 45 degree angle. I'm going to go up to a little 48, maybe 50 degrees right here. Right here. It's an acute angle right now. Um, it's pretty crazy that this guy's on pace for like 4,900 passing yards, 900 rushing yards, 34 touchdowns and nine picks. I'm not saying that all that is the end-all be-all or that even matters necessarily. It's just crazy because I'm pretty sure that would break some Eagles franchise records. He's like having like statistical um, – he's having stats like close to Lamar Jackson's MVP season in 2019. It's kind of wild. <laughs> it's, it's insane, and- Matt. We're over here like, eh, I don't know if he's the guy. So there's been a lot of – you. one thing you'll find out about me, I'm easily swayed. I'm easily manipulated. If you need to manipulate someone, I'm your guy. Um, I read a couple of stats. I know I know. I hate stats because they can just tell any narrative you want to break down, especially in the NBA and especially in baseball. And I believe that stats have ruined sports conversations for the jocks like me who don't want to deep, dive deep into the analytics. But – my Jalen Hurts meter is up, and I need more. And I'm, I can't wait to see this weekend. I'm on I'm on top of this guy, and I love this guy. Um, and I love that he's defending Nick Sirianni. So you think it's defending? You think it's him? I do. Saying you guys are giving him too much shit. Like is that like is that the tone there? Mm-hmm. I think I think they think I think he thinks that uh, Nick's getting a little too much shit. I think I think that offense is like. This defense fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm sure there is definitely some some resentment offense there. Offense hates defense. Defense hates offense. It's always one of their. It's always their problems. No, that makes total sense. And I kind of just took it as like, shut the fuck up. Stop asking me stupid <laughs> fucking questions that I can't answer. Basically, like I took it as like, it, ever since he was calling the media rat poison and and doing all the rat poison saving shit when he was at Alabama when he got benched for Tua and then he handled it perfectly, saying all the right stuff mm-hmm. and saving. Uh, has said all the right stuff and uh, so quit asking. I'm not going to answer. So yeah. quit asking. I love that saving clip so much. But uh, he did have that one. He did have that one press conference where uh, it was on the field, and I remember Saban got mad at him or something like that. I forget what it was, but I think I know what you're the, saying. Yeah, I think it was the preseason, and he kind of for the first time ever, like went out of the norm. And I remember that was like the first time I'm like, oh, he's not a cyborg. He's a real human being. Yeah, I kind of remember what you're talking about. I can't put my finger exactly on like what what happened. But I I always think that like my takeaway is that Jalen Hurts thinks the media are a bunch of bunch of assholes. Like that's that's what I think. I think Jalen Hurts is like this is stupid. Uh I think a lot of people think that. <laughs> yeah. I and I, I don't think they're that wrong necessarily, but I, obviously it's a necessary evil for you to be obviously making the amount of money that you do because it drives fan interest and all the news and rumors, yada, yada. Jalen Hurts is a, it's a guy where I think this guy has full-blown resentment for the media. I don't know. Maybe So maybe your assumption is right. Maybe this is just like a, you guys need to get the fuck off Nick Sirianni's back. He's a good guy. We just scored 30 points last week. Uh, maybe it is along those lines. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to defend this guy because the media is a bunch of, bunch of wild animals tuscaloosa is the philadelphia of the south i've always said (laughs) that's true that's true uh and i'm sure you know when you do go to saban he probably instills a hatred of the media in you and i i think that that's i think that's awesome honestly good for saban uh but i i took nothing away from this other than like Jalen Hurts probably doesn't want to be doing media (laughs) like I, i think he hates it and he is done with it and I have a feeling like he says all the right stuff. He is a nice guy. It seems like he's a little shy, like all these things. I, I do have a feeling he will come at the media sometime soon when things go south and 
they're going a little too hard at him. I, I have a feeling we're getting an, an angry Jalen Hurts lash out at the media eventually. I don't think so. I think having a 19, 20 year old kid going through what he went through at Alabama with Tua, leading them to the national championship game, and then getting benched in the national championship game when Tua played like, I don't know, what would he play? He played like the fourth quarters when they were like up. Like mm-hmm. huge on teams, and then coming back in the next year and winning in the SEC championship when Tua goes down, like I think he legitimately like, hates the media. Would murder every media member if he could. Would put Jeff McLean's head on a pike <laughs> if he could. He would light Rube on fire if but he could. I, I agree. I agree. But you're saying you don't think he'll lash out. You're saying you think he's got too much. He's got too much poise. I do. He is so trained. For better or for worse, that and this is why I think this was this got clipped because it was like, whoa, was that like not a yeah. canned response <laughs> from the cyborg? Yeah, it was an interesting outfit, by the way, the Jalen Hurts outfit, the the cutoff hoodie with like it just feels like it's like Eagles bingo for like Eagles merchandise. There, he's had a couple of ones the uh, the houndstooth suit or no the, uh, the look like the jailhouse suit, the old jail uh, the jail. Um, the somebody yeah, suck me wear. suit, right? The somebody suck me suit was the yellow one. Yeah, he's had he's had a couple of different uh, different choices. Um, listen, I got to tell you one thing. This uh, I don't know if you saw this Philly sports group chat, Dad. That this guy that needs a uh, um, he needs a group chat. His poor dad. Well, I think I'm a little uh, might be a little worse, but anyway. <laughs> All right, I didn't know how bad that music was. Um, so this girl on TikTok, POV, point of view, my dad lives alone now, and he has no one to watch sports with. First off, bad daughter. Uh, with technology nowadays, you can FaceTime your father and watch some games with him. But I think we're not asking the right questions. But we'll go through this video first. Now, I think we have to ask a couple things. Why is this dad living alone? I'm assuming divorce. I'm assuming divorce as well. And it's probably because he asked his wife to watch the mediocre Phillies every single day. <laughs> Are you saying that the 2021 Phillies have, have robbed this man of, of uh, companionship, marriage? Uh, man. I'm saying I would kick this dad out of my group chat. Whoa. I would give the ball to Miles Sanders every time until they can stop him. Uh, Now I'm using this as last (laughs) game. All right. If this dad has any knowledge about sports, he would know that Miles Sanders was was averaging 1.9 yards per carry and couldn't run through a hole designed for a Mack truck. I would berate this guy until he left the group chat. Phillies tonight. You're going to watch the game? No, Roy. I'm not going to watch the 500 (laughs) Phillies in deep September. Okay. Sorry. His name is his name is definitely Roy or Keith. Keith, Sam, Bob. Like he's one of them. It's 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 no more than like three letters. No, no, no. Definitely not. I it's, mean, this is sad though. This I, I identify with this. I feel like I've watched a lot of games alone over the last like couple years of my life. Uh it is kind of depressing though. Like I get it's a lot better because you know, Twitter is uh, what's the what's the quote? You know, Twitter is the best bar. Twitter is the best sports bar on the planet. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I I fucking botched that one, but uh, it's some something in there. There's something. There's something to be had there. But there is something about the fact, like going through these games, watch, watching them alone. I've watched like every Notre Dame game alone this year, and it's just That's like awesome. I guess, but it's it's also like with Notre Dame as opposed to Philly. Like if if things happen in Philly, I'm able to like text anyone I want and like you know, group chat, any group chat I'm in and talk about Philly sports. If it's Notre Dame, there's like a pool of two or three people that I have to talk to about it. And that's a little sad. I get, I get what he's saying. I still don't think they're good enough to be in the playoffs either, Roy. Well, what did he do? Did he not listen to WIP or 97.5 or read a blog or, or, or listen to a podcast? All, he's an everything's all fine guy. I'm just saying though, like, I still don't think they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Yeah, George, they were going to be four and thirteen. Everyone had them being five and twelve. Everyone had them coming in last. Did you not check the books? They're minus four hundred to win the uh, the NFC East. Uh, I, don't, I, I still I, don't think they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Breaking news from Sam's dad. 
I think. Who needs a group chat that we get bullied out of for being an idiot? I think uh, I think we're at fault here. I think this is our fault. I think uh, you were so low on the Eagles coming into the year, and I was so high on the Eagles coming into the year. This guy had no idea what to expect, and he. We all know that there are a large number of us, dozens of us out dozens. there, uh, who only listen to everything's fine in terms of Philly sports content. They we ignore we we ignore all other Philly sports content. And we only listened to us. So he heard John Jansen and you saying they were going to win zero games. He heard me saying they were going to win 15. Uh, he got confused. Well, I don't want him as a listener. <laughs> Stupid opinions like this. I'll take you, Roy. It's okay. I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about this guy. I got, we all have group chats out there. And we all have guys that were just like, how is this guy regurgitating opinions that are just the the dumbest, unnuanced ever, and and I've got some dumb ones in my past. But when you have the guy who's consistent, just consistently dumb, and you're like, I can't kick him out of the group chat because maybe I'm not kind of. There's always a, there's always an owner of the group chat. I feel like the guy who first loves the group chat, he kind of put it together, or he talks the most in it. Where it's like you always have like a a friend, a friend, and then maybe a fringe guy, a fringe guy that you don't really know. And you're always like, and it's always the fringe guy who you think has the worst opinions. And I got a fringe <laughs> guy in this NBA group chat, and every time, my butt, yet, my, I, my my thumb hovers over the uh, the kickout button. <laughs> Deep I, in the, I thought the, the worst part of this TikTok was the the Eagles have good young talent or message, or the Eagles have good young players. It's like we got one player under the age of thirty who means a shit on defense. We're a mess. That's the thing. Aren't we like technically like pretty young in terms of like average age? I think our offense is really young, um, while our defense is really old. I thought we we're. I thought our average age was like twenty six point five or twenty six point nine or something like that. Well, you and we were like top ten, and people were like, "That's awesome." I mean, that can definitely be skewed very easily. Like the practice squad, squad guys, do they do they get acclimated to that number or? Like, yeah, the oh. offense, we just hired we, I mean, we just we just drafted seven, eight new twenty to twenty-two year olds. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if the practice squad does get counted. But I mean you just go through the, the offense in your head. The whole running back room is really young. The whole receiver room is like the first three, four years in the league. Greg Ward's probably like the, the longest tenured receiver. Minshew and Hertz are not old. Uh Dallas Goddard's really young, obviously you have Zachary. Earth. You have Joe Flacco. You have some of these guys, Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson's like only thirty anyway. So uh, the O line's not as old as it was last year with Peters. I think it's mostly just there's so much youth on that offense uh, that I think that that is skewing the numbers a little bit. But the defense is a concern. I mean, the age on that defense is really starting to show. With, in my opinion, with Slay and Nelson not playing that great, even if they want to tell us they are. Fletcher Cox not drawing double teams anymore. I mean. There's more ways to go. Our safeties are terrible. Uh, we have no young talent on that defense, and, and that's something to be concerned about. But it looks like we might have three first-round picks next year. So hopefully our quarterback is good, and we can just take three defensive players. Yeah, Alex Singleton's older than the linebackers coach that they have employed right now. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he got into lead till he was 27, 28, and the linebackers coach is like 26, 27. That's, that's I'm pretty sure the linebackers coach young. is very young. That seems wild. Check me on that, and yeah. Someone fact check me on that and yell at me. I actually love when our listeners like yell at me. I got Jadavion Clowney. I put him on the Titans last uh, yeah. two podcasts or three podcasts ago. So I was like, he's on the Browns. And I'm like, yes, yes, he is. <laughs> I was surprised I got the Titans. Okay. I like when people fact check me. Um, I need to be fact checked. Anything else on the Eagles? I'm going to move on. No, no, nothing much. All right. Uh, AI, Allen Iverson made some headways, some headlines this week saying that he wants to come back and be in the Sixers organization. And I think this is a no brainer. Did you see the, the interview with Taylor Rooks? Yes. And yes. Al Harrington. And Al Harrington. The ass weed shop. Al the picture of the picture of, um, and Iverson with the pound of weed, just like carrying it. Like it's a newborn. It's like, that's just a man who's just living his best life right now. Um, fake outrage, Stephen A. I'll put the video in, but like he's doing his fake outrage bit because 
I don't think he understands this. Like every pro team has a sports ambassador. Like, yeah, AI was ours during the process, but he was still always there. Even when we got good, I feel like they flashed to him every single game. He's sitting in a suite and whatnot. The Phillies have Morandini. The Flyers have Lindros. The Eagles have like B-Doc. And I feel like Mike Quick does everything for them. Like every team has, you know, sports ambassadors and, and, and they still use AI, you know, to pump up the crowd, to, you know, flash to him in the suite. But um, I would love to see this move. Like, I don't want to become the Flyers where, you know, you make one, you have one good goal in the playoffs and you get a front office position. I don't think necessarily AI should have a front office position, but like, why don't, why doesn't Josh Harris like set up a hush money fund through like Reebok, through Adidas, whoever owns Reebok right now? And Alan Iverson's job is to just, Go on podcasts, go on radio, go on ESPN, Bleacher Report, The Ringer, Barstool, whatever. And then just talk about like potential targeted free agents or potential trade targets that he that the Sixers are maybe looking at in the next year. Like, did you see his face light up when he was talking about Damian Lillard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here's the clip of him talking about Dame. Yeah. Look at that smile. Oh, why are you getting so excited about Dame? What about Dame? Because Dame just, he's a monster with it. Like, he's, he's... Right there. Right there. That's not tampering. That's just AI giving his thoughts. So Josh yeah. Harris just set up a little hush money fund. I mean, players love AI. Like, he's one of the only ones they love. You have Shaq, like, yesterday telling somebody, doing a radio hit, where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't call and be the most dominant center in the NBA. And it's like... Shaq hates on guys. Charles hates on guys. MJ hates on guys a little bit. Um, all the old school guys hate on the new guys. But Allen Iverson is consistently always props those guys up. What did he, he called like the 2017, 2016 Sixers who were dog shit, my little guys, like my little G's or something like that. And everyone went nuts because it was just AI, like just, just paying homage to like the next crop. Like he carries some weight in the NBA. Get him on podcast. Like, put put a little brown bag of money under a seat in the suite, and let's let's see how far we can go with these tampering rules. I'm happy you brought up the point about him uh, breaking the norm of, of the former player. I everything was better in my time. Uh, Stone Age bullshit behavior. Um, and Allen Iverson, if you ask him, like the five best players of all time, he's like, yeah. Le- Ron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Dane Lillard, and Joel Embiid. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I could not play with those guys. Like, I think that's so cool. I think it's awesome. I think it shows a lot about AI. Now, to go on the other, to be a little negative, um, I imagine that this is happening because Allen Iverson needs money. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, he is doing advertisements for points bet. Uh, so I, I think Allen Iverson will take a bag wherever he can get it at this point. He's still waiting for that Reebok money when he turns 50, obviously. Uh, so he's just trying to get, he's trying to smoke him up while he's got him to get there. Uh, and you, you can't really hire Allen Iverson for a role that means anything. You can't hire him and expect anything from him because he is like the big three wanted to make them their ambassador. He just like stopped showing, he just stopped showing up. I mean, like I love Allen Iverson. I don't admire many people on the planet more than Allen Iverson uh, and the way he's able to just be like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about this anymore. And I'm just going to stop showing up and no one's going to care because I'm Allen Iverson. And, and you admire that a hundred percent, a hundred. I admire anyone out there who's able to just like cancel things whenever they want to. Yeah. We should all strive to get to that level where no one can tell us anything. Because we are who we are. That is like the ultimate. That's what. That's the level you should reach in life. No, yeah, it's definitely an a, a, like a something something to strive for. Uh, I will say the my little guys comment happened the Jimmy Butler year. Uh, oh, was it nineteen? Yeah, I know that because I watched that video like once every couple months. That guy could not have been drunker at the <laughs> Sixers game in Charlotte. Like, oh my god, I, I'd be crazy to think we need more. I, I'd be crazy to think we need more. I like <laughs> we got the best coach in the league, Brett Brown. <laughs> oh my god, that video is so fantastic! Oh, Molly Sullivan, 
interviewing him. She she was still hanging around. Uh, I think it was probably like her last, like the end of the Molly Sullivan era. Um, Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Oh, it's so classic. It's, it's actually I'm might sure. have been the game Jimmy hit the buzzer beater. He had, he had the, he, yeah, I think it was his first or second one. Oh, my God, this is awesome. I totally forgot about this until you brought it up. You look cool with these glasses. Yeah, Molly, because I just smoked a huge blunt before coming to this game. <laughs> What did you do your research, Molly? In the we world, the two greatest superstars that we need, and we got the great role players that we need. So, like, I'm, I'm with it. Like, I'm, 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 I'm along for the journey. Like, I, I think we're gonna do something. We all we need, right? We all we need. All right. We all we got. He just remembered the Super Bowl quote like halfway through. Like, <laughs> oh, why she saying we all? Oh, we all we got. Oh my, oh my god. god. That's and the so funny good. thing was, he wasn't wrong on like any of that because they could have won the title that year. The the best part about it is, uh, he says about how how good they are, how they don't need more, and then immediately like takes any credibility out of that by saying, "I'm going to say that no matter what." Like, yeah. <laughs> by saying, "I'm going to say that even if I do think we need more pieces because I'm a Sixers fan," but you know, so don't take don't put any stock into what I just said. <laughs> The NBA trade deadline's coming up. AI, what do you think? We gave you a we gave you an organizational role in the front office. We need a we need like a, a guard. We need a, a shooter to uh, to take us to the finals. What do you think? I, I don't think we need anything. But you know what? I'm always going to say that. It's like, well, Alan, that's not helpful. Oh my god! Imagine Alan like meeting with Daryl Morey to discuss like free agent. Like, yeah. Target. Imagine that athletic article where it was like, yeah, the the reason why. They brought in Harrison Barnes because AI just said, "Yeah, there's something about him." I just because in that Taylor Rooks interview, he was like, "Yeah, I can just see it in people." And you know what? I don't think that's that crazy. Bring AI down to Chicago. Maybe he sees a second rounder uh, or an undrafted guy, and he's like, "That guy just has it." Like I, legit, I legitimately think if you can see it, or you can see, you know, a dog in a player. Like that person could sometimes figure it out and have a successful NBA career. I just don't, don't put AI near the lottery picks. Let's let the scouts and and the guys you you pay millions of dollars for. Let's have them go hang out with the uh, the lottery picks. But the second round players, just go put AI, give him a chair, put him in the corner of the uh, of the court. And let him just watch guys. Let him just watch the second rounders. You think Daryl or Doc would smoke a blunt with AI? Or no? I think Daryl would. I think Daryl is more pro-weed than Doc is. I think Doc's pretty old-school mentality. He seems like a guy who wouldn't touch like, alcohol and, uh, and and drugs until he got to the league. You can't go to Atlanta and not, and not smoke weed and, 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 and drink. Doc's a big golf guy. I feel like Doc might be might be blowing down out there. Uh, might be the chiefing a little bit? I, I, you know, he might be chief keeping a little bit. I don't I, know, I think... he, just, he seems like the guy – you know, Doc seems like the – Big liberal. Nah, he's a big liberal, but like if you didn't know it, and yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Doc seems like the conservative black guy, and you're shocked that like like there's a there's a conservative black guy out there. <laughs> I definitely yeah. would have I definitely would have thought that about him before all the like the social justice pleas kind of. Yeah. 
Like before I would have been paying attention to him closely. And before the Ronald or Ronald Sterling, Donald Sterling situation where he really spoke out against that, I would have been like, yeah, he's, you know, exactly what yeah. you just described for sure. But that the, the comments make me think he might be, he might be open to it. Might be, you know, Doc Daryl AI, I'll sit down. I think we could fix the problems of the Sixers. Now Daryl smokes gas. <laughs> Daryl like, and Hinky back in the day. <laughs> like Daryl's on the Beyond Hello on like Chestnut or Walnut Street. Like I feel like he's like a he's like the get ten blunts or get uh, buy ten blunts get the eleventh free kind of guy. Like I think Daryl's <laughs> Daryl's Chief Keef in a little bit. I hope so. Um, man. I could see it. I could see it. Um, I wonder who would be the biggest pot smoker on the on the uh, Sixers. Tyrese seems like he. Mike Scott. He blows down a little bit. Mike, Mike Scott, Scott. Yeah, well. Mike Scott got arrested for having like an insane amount of Molly just at one point. And then he got off because of the cop that arrested him. He was going to go to jail for years, actually, Mike Scott. He had like an insane amount of drugs on him. The cop that arrested him got in trouble for racial discrimination in a different lawsuit. So the lawsuit got dropped for Mike Scott. And that's how he, that's how he stayed in the NBA. Shit. I mean, Mike, you, you had to know Mike Scott parties. Oh, are you kidding me? Tyrese Maxey might be the might be the low key taking the taking the torch now from Mike Scott. Nah, Shake Milton, hundred percent. Oh yeah, Shake. Got- yeah, I guess Tyrese Maxey gets up too early to smoke weed. I think he's too gym. young and he's too young and energetic. I, I, don't, I don't think he's he's got he's got pains to smoke away. That's true. He's got a cocaine problem. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, but uh, going back to that point about like, yeah, just throw just throw AI on some interviews and just be like, you know, this Damian Lillard, this Bradley Beal, this Zach Levine guy, I got to tell you, I, I really do think that AI would carry some weight because like, what's the one thing that Philadelphia sucks at besides finding number one picks that can shoot and getting out of the second round of the playoffs? Getting stars. Getting stars, getting free agents. You Guess who our last big time free agent is? Elton Brand. It's crazy. The one before that, Bruce Bowen in 1999. If you want to call call AI in 2009 a a, a blockbuster, go right ahead, but I'm not going to. I didn't know Bruce Bowen played for the Sixers. Bruce Bowen played for the Sixers in 1999. And then before that, it was like Moses. Moses Moses is probably our biggest free agent we've ever gotten, obviously, because we won the the title. I, I just, I think you get AI in a room with a star and he could just legitimately just talk, just talk to him. Be like, hey, listen, I, I understand, you know, what you see when you come here as a, as a road player. I understand when you do come here, it's always cold. It's gray. It's during the season. There's probably like the wintry slush with mixed with the concrete or the gravel of the road. Just just has this like really gross, grayish, darkish, blackish slush that makes Philadelphia look uglier than it really is. I mean, we're not a Miami, we're not a New York, we're not a LA, we don't have the history of Boston. But these guys, these fans, they will ride for you and they will die for you if you give it back. And I think AI encapsulates that and could honestly, in that sense, be a pro to the uh to the organization. Once again, keep them away from the lottery picks. <laughs> AI is not watching film, he's not, he's not cutting tape. Um, and he but he did say, hey. If you need me to do the dress code, put up my contract. If you need me to be there on time, put up my contract. Okay. I understand. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, I'd be interested to see what AI is up to then. The, the big three thing you brought up, I totally forgot about. Shams is a real asshole. Shams just tweeted out latest on Ben Simmons in the 76 years, and it's a two-minute video. There's no, It's not an article. So and now I can't even oh, – what an asshole. Do you want to throw um, and uh, yeah, let's see dissect it? Woj, Woj over Shams forever. Okay, Shams forever. You show it up? Here, I'll put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just sent it to you. I got it. It was actually the first thing on my uh, timeline. Breaking news, everybody. From Shams Sharani at Breaking News. I'm Sean Strawania here with breaking news presented by AT&T 5G. The 76ers continue to hope that Ben Simmons reports to the team and rejoins the roster as soon as possible. As one source told me, it's a waiting game. 
The 76ers front office, Doc Rivers, and agent Rich Paul have remained in dialogue while finding a way for Simmons to report back to Philadelphia, I'm told. Has, has emptied so home in Philadelphia. <laughs> and the real question remains, do the 76ers really want a disgruntled star on their roster, which would create a toxic environment and energy around the organization? Simmons clearly appears done with the 76ers organization, as well as the city of Philadelphia. Sources tell me that Simmons has emptied his home in Philadelphia, has had his belongings all packed and moved out, and the place will soon go up for sale, as his mentality is that a trade is coming at some point. It's been Did clear Shams not read Keith Pompey? Checked out from the 76ers, <laughs> and if he was ever to report, it would certainly be with short-term intentions. Philadelphia still wants Simmons back in the fold as part of this Eastern Conference contender. But after Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid's comments following Game 7 of their series against the Atlanta Hawks, the player and team relationship may forever be changed. Make no mistake, Simmons is not in the right either. He has four years and $147 million remaining on his maximum deal, giving him an obligation to the 76ers and the league to be professional and show up. But still, the 76ers organization, led by President of Basketball Operations, Daryl Morey, have been equally dug in on their position. The Trailblazers and Pacers have lead guards in C.J. McCollum and Malcolm Brogdon, who could entice the 76ers in a potential package, but neither has gained traction for Philadelphia. The 76ers, I'm told, asked the Trailblazers for three first-round picks and three draft swaps as part of a potential package but Portland rejected that proposal. As a byproduct of the Simmons saga, the 76ers season has gotten off to a rocky start what is before this? even beginning. Well, that's news. It's, it's, he, he buried the news at the very end. That hasn't been out there. We tried to get CJ McCollum, three first-round picks, and three pick swaps. From <laughs> that's outrageous. Like. <laughs> That's what hilarious. the fuck did I just watch, though? Did I just watch a Sham Sharania recap for something that he's going to tweet out about CJ McCollum, three picks and a three uh, pick swaps? He just recapped the whole situation like Shams. Like, what are these media guys doing? Just tweet the, just tweet the shit. They just Sham. keep repackaging stories and just and adding, like, little things, like little nuggets. Like, I don't know, Mark. I don't give a fuck that they're looking for uh, three picks, three pick swaps, and CJ McCollum. Like, I... Uh, that's a lot. I mean, we just wasted incredible. two minutes of our day watching Shams. That was breaking news. What's news? McCollum and six picks. That's news. It's never gonna happen. No, well, sure, but I think that 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 just shows like maybe we we run we retract it back. It eventually becomes McCollum, Covington, and two picks or whatever that is, or a pick and a protected pick. Or uh, I think it just shows that there is conversations happening around that, and it shows that we hold the cards a little bit and are asking for too much. And if we want to do the whole time, baby, for sure, for sure. And so I, and I, we, we were talking about this offline and it, if it really, to me, since June, since June 17th or whatever game seven was, um, Brogdon and McCollum have always been the easiest, most agreeable, most likely, uh, and also the most kind of baseline options. You, you know, you're not going to go, you're not going to go out clubbing the night we get Malcolm Brogdon uh, like you would maybe if they go out and get Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or for me, Shea Gildas-Alexander or some other guys like that. But with Brogdon and McCollum, I still think that these are guys, and I, I've argued for it before, I think these are guys that can take another step offensively, especially with Joel Embiid, and could really bring something different to this offense as volume three-point shooters in Brogdon's case. Brogdon's a great defender in McCollum's case. McCollum shoots like 15 threes per game. Not really. It's like 11. But I uh, I, I mean, these are guys that are interesting fits for the Sixers. They're not guys I'm going to you know throw a parade about. But I think this is a good sign. I think that was good news. I, I think that we're still asking for three first-round picks and three pick swaps with McCollum for Simmons. Shows that we still think uh, – or, or shows what we still think of Ben's value. Karis LeVert just hurt his back, right? Yeah. Okay. Looks like he'll be back for the for the for November though. Karis LeVert, Brogdon, and picks. How do they get? Do they get out of the second round? I think that's where we have to start. I don't even want to. I, I want to ask about a title, but I don't think it's fair to ask about a title. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I, I think you give yourself a better chance at coming out of the second round. I, I think you give yourself a chance at going to the finals, and that's all you can really ask for. Um, in, in the NBA, it's it's hard to win. It's hard to go far, and we've seen that. Uh, dying in the second round, dying in game seven twice. And uh, it's it's brutal. But 
no, no move we're going to make unless we can get Levine, unless we can get Lillard to me, or maybe Shea, are going to guarantee the conference finals. And even that might not guarantee the conference finals. It would just make it a lot more likely. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes it a, a more... Right now, going to the conference finals feels a little crazy. Like I, I think there's a lot of... in the East? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think there's a lot of people out there who would hear me say with the current situation that I think the Sixers could go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they would think that's crazy. I'm not saying I think it's crazy. It's probably just not as likely as Bucks nets But, you know, we get the one seed or some shit, and they get the two and the three again, and who knows what happens, and maybe, maybe we won't lose it to Atlanta this year. Um, but I don't think anything's going to guarantee the Conference Finals. Nothing's going to guarantee the Finals, but these are probably the best options we have left. I mean, the names to watch at this point are – the hopeful names, Lillard, Levine, Beal, Shea, and then probably another level down, De'Aaron Fox, and then the the agreeable guys, which are Brogdon and McCollum. And, and I wonder where, you know, I wonder what Portland's level of interest in Ben actually is, because that's important. Um, if we're talking about McCollum, then I almost think, like, if they're saying they're interested, that almost means we have to be like, all right, then fuck you. We're waiting until Damian Lillard wants out. If, like, if you're interested in Ben Simmons in any way, it feels like that's the only way to maneuver with Portland. The only thing I don't like about Indiana, we don't play until April 5th at home. <laughs> uh, but there will be a lot of vitriol. Oh, maybe it will temper. Now, yeah. I, if we're good, it won't be as bad if we if he that's comes true. back April in April. But well, to trade him to Portland can... November 1st. As long as you don't trade him to AEW, I, I heard. Yeah, this is our official statement. <laughs> the official statement of Everything's Fine podcast regarding Ben Simmons. We have no comment at this time. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be a wrestling trope now. Uh, when I went to SmackDown a few weeks ago, Pat McAfee did the whole McAfee Minute. Uh, where he stood up and said, Michael Cole thinks the Eagles Super Bowl was a fluke. Michael Cole thinks the only franchise player in the history of the Sixers to be any good is Ben Simmons. Uh, so getting people booed and AEW, I heard a heel came out during commercial and did the same to get heel heat. And that's what started the whole fuck Ben Simmons chant. Uh, so that's funny. Uh, you know, AEW creeping up on WWE's heels. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you get CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Adam Cole, you're you're in the discussion. Why didn't you go? I was bartending, and uh, I had like two groups come in, and they were like, "Yeah, we're heading down to AEW at Temple." Last time I went to AEW when it first started, I was really, really, really underwhelmed, and it actually like really negatively impacted my kind of viewing on AEW. Uh, it just looked very independent to me. It looked very rinky dink. The audio was all messed up when I went to the Leo Chorus Center last time. So I- I'm trying to get back into. AW, it's still not WWE for me, but uh, you know, I don't want to ruin that by going and having a shitty time and spending money and going all the way down the temple after a, after a day of work. But it, I'm sure it would have been a lot of fun. Maybe if I are you all elite? Just, <laughs> no, I'm not all elite. I, I would say I'm half I'm half elite. Uh, but but I, I would say uh, uh, maybe if I didn't go to SmackDown two weeks ago, I, I would have went. But I, I got my fill my fill of live wrestling. All right, let's get into picks before we uh, before we get out of here. Absolutely. You go first. first. You got, you got four picks. What, what's the record? Uh, I believe that you are three and nine. And okay, I and you no, three what? and eight. Three and eight. You're three and eight because we deleted the Titans. And I'm 11 and one. You're 11 and one. And uh, for anyone new to the program, we probably have some new people. Um, the loser at the end of the year has to go skydiving. Um, so basically probably sometime in May when uh, skydiving is back open. But uh yeah, whoever goes, whoever loses in uh, in the picks, uh, they have to go skydiving. And uh, one thing I want to say is, buckle up. You're about to see the greatest comeback Give of team, all time. Speech. <laughs> you will never see anyone work any harder than me these next few months. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? I don't. And there's a drive into left field by Cassianos. <laughs> All right, I'm going first. Yeah, you got four picks. Pat's minus nine. I went with the Texans oh. last weekend. I said three score teams. You never cover when 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 the uh, when the spread is three scores or more. I was totally wrong. I don't even know if they scored. Did they score in the game? Was it thirty three no. nothing? 
Shut what was out. it? It was I terrible. It was, it was ridiculous. They almost they almost doubled the point spread, the Bills. So I'm not getting caught. I think uh, I think Belichick's going to put uh, Davis Mills. He's going to check him into a, a insane asylum after this. Yeah, do you know who the last rookie quarterback to beat Bill Belichick is? Geno Smith. Geno Smith had a, had a moment last night. I'm still holding on to some draft stock with Geno Smith because he's a quarterback who had mobility. So, of course, I was all in. Um, and that did not plan out or pan out well. So uh, I was happy to see him get a moment last night. But I'll start off with my bet of the week. I'll, I'll get off. I'll get going early. I like over 43 and a half in the Saints-Washington football team game. Ride Washington football team overs until the wheels fall off. This is my third straight week. Actually, second straight week where this is one of my three best bets uh, for everything's fine. Their secondary is terrible. I mean, it's no secret. Their D-backs are the bottom five in the NFL. And then on offense, you got playmakers in Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and the Heineken. I mean, how many times do we have to talk about the Heineken here on this program? The Washington offense can move the ball and put up points. And even against Buffalo, when they got blown out, they put up points. I mean, the last three games, they scored 30, 21, and 34 in games that have finished at 59, 64, and 64. The Saints play us slow pace their defense has had some good games but they've still scored 21 28 and 38 in three of their last four games heineke and james are both gunslingers these are guys that can throw picks i mean it could easily be a pick six uh that, that boosts this total above the over or you get a pick that gives you some short field and uh i think it'll be a close game too so i think that could help at the end of the game with uh maybe some overtime or maybe some stopping the clock see i'm the listener's gambler i'm in and i'm out you have so much analytics and everything. No wonder you're eleven and one. <laughs> I uh, gotta bring gotta bring the heat. I actually have the Washington football team over forty three and a half. This is my Bobbit bet. If I had to risk my dick, I would uh, I would bet on this and the over forty three and a half. I'm gonna ride with you on that one for everything that I also had written down uh, that you just said, but uh, you stole my thunder. <laughs> so, well, we might as well just stay in the same game because I'm taking the Washington. To the football team uh, plus two and a half too. I, I'm take, I'm actually big on the money line. I don't think I'll bet the, their spread just because I think there's probably more value on the money line. But for these purposes, since we're since we're talking skydiving, I'll take plus two and a half. Um, and, and I think New Orleans. I, I talked about it earlier. New Orleans is just such a mystery. I'm banking on the Jekyll in the Jekyll and Hyde in New Orleans. I'm banking on the fact that they don't show up for this game. And even if they do. I'm backing on the Heineken. Taylor Heineke, all he does is bring you back at the end. I mean, these throws he's making at the end of games are just otherworldly. I mean, give this guy, give this guy a 10-year contract in Washington. The Heineken not having a Heineken sponsor yet is ridiculous. Uh, Eagles over 45. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Nick Sirianni, we're just going to play shootouts now. The way they're throwing the ball, how can you not bet overs with these guys? It's ridiculous. I mean, they they refuse to run, so you know you don't have to worry about that. Jury's out on uh, on the defense on uh, Carolina. Jury's not out. We know they suck on the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks good. Sam Darnold, fastest guy in the league, best running back in the league. Um, yeah, I like the Eagles over forty five. So that was my next pick. So I have mm. a proposal. I was going to take okay. it. So that that because that kind of screws you if I take two of the same bets. Yes, it does. So my proposal is. Do you want to take your Nittany Lions against my Iowa Hawkeyes this week? No, because I like Iowa. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm how many points? How many points can you give me for Temple? Temple Cincy. (laughs) No chance. I'm not not betting on that. Come on, Temple Cincy. I take the spread. I take the spread on Temple Cincy. I'm not. I'm not giving (laughs) thirty. Is that what it is? I think it's twenty nine. Oh, it's plus twenty nine. Don't they know that Temple's got the top five (laughs) uh, passing defense in the nation? What are they? One, four, or five. They won. They beat Memphis. Who beat Mississippi State? Power six. They they've beaten Cincinnati we have two ADs, their last two five. ADs. <laughs> it's better than one. Two ADs. Um, <laughs> also, they introduced the, the new AD last 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 night, and they were like, "He's come from Texas. He understands what winning looks like. He was at Texas for seven years. They like went under five hundred like <laughs> four of those times." Oh man. Temple, fucking, temple football check right there. Fucking temple. Uh, <laughs> give, give me another one. Give me another proposal. No, I'll, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'm going no. to over. I'm, I feel like I have to. I already have four units on it. Uh, I'll, I'll take the over. Carolina's put four, 28, 24, and 26 up in their last three games. It looks like they're getting McCaffrey back. 
And like we discussed earlier, the Carolina defense was killing teams like the Jets and the Texans, but they gave up 36 in a game that went way over the total. And Dallas, I mean, Dallas put that game away early. I mean, the the ending score, 36-28, it looks like it might have been a close game. That was like a 33-14 game in the second or third quarter. And then on the other side, like you mentioned with our beloved Eagles, uh, Nick Sirianni is addicted to throwing the ball. And we, I mean, we're running at the fastest pace in football the last two games. I don't know why that stops this week against Carolina. And uh, I mean, the Eagles last two games have been in the sixties. Uh, that's why that's really why I'm taking this over here. I'm, I think I'm just going to take Eagles and Washington overs for the rest of the year. And the defense, I, I mean, the defense has not inspired much confidence or much to, to go against that. So this will be a big test for the defense. It'll be a big test for both sides. The Eagles in general, I, I, I am really, really curious to see what happens in this game from an offensive defensive standpoint, a head coaching standpoint. Like this feels like a game that's, that's available for the taking in a similar way that that San Fran game felt, I guess. Um, so I, we really need to get this win. All right. I have a proposal for you. What is it? Over under pen highlighters in Sirianni's <laughs> over. Uh, wh- no, I haven't set the line yet. <laughs> I'm over. I don't care. <laughs> One and a half. Over. I'll take the under. Over, uh, and that's, over and that's, one and, a half. and that's how that's, and that's how we'll do it. What? We'll do that's how we'll decide one of the uh that's how we'll decide the Eagles bet. What do you mean? What how we'll decide it? You wanted to do the Iowa Penn State line, I wanted to do the Temple line. You said no, I said no. So we're gonna come out on Sunday and we're gonna see how many highlighters and pens are in Nick Sirianni's. Well, pack. I think we should this should be you should you get five bets, I get four bets then. Since you're since you already had to do one extra one. What does anyway. it matter? You had to do one extra one. We had to get even. I know. What does it matter? So we'll just we'll just null the 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 Eagles bet and we'll do highlighters and pens. I guess it doesn't matter. But I want everyone out there to go bet the Eagles game. That's why I go bet <laughs> I the want, over. I just want everyone. I just want everyone to know that I was on Eagles <laughs> over before anyone else was. How about I want, the, you know, I want I want the everything's fine listeners to make some make some goddamn money. If they're not following you already, they're fucking idiots. All right, I'll say it first. Um, one and a half, the over. You have the over on pens and highlighters. I'll take the over. Okay, I'll take the under on that. Wait, so I get pens here too? Yeah, you get pens and highlighters. Oh, you're screwed, dude. This is an easy over. Yeah. Easy yeah, over because, here. Yeah, because he doesn't care about what anyone thinks. And he just, you know, the uh, the media makes fun of him not doing any motion. So he does motion the next uh, <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> The next game. He, uh, he, he doesn't wear a shirt after they got crushed by Dallas. Yeah, he really doesn't care. You know, Michael Barkan's making fun of his highlighters and pens and stuff. Whoa, yeah, he's whoa, definitely whoa, gonna, whoa, He's definitely going to come out with uh, 15 now. No, he cares. We can't bring up that name on this podcast. Uh, we we took a stance against Barkan with uh, with Bob Wankel. So the lawyers are still talking to see if we can extend <laughs> Bob through 2022. Okay, so we can do whatever we want. Uh, my last one: Steelers minus one. Uh, Big Ben's banged up. I'd be more worried if Big Ben wasn't banged up. <laughs> I feel I Teddy Bridgewater. I think is playing, so I don't really love it as much. But uh, a concussed Teddy Bridgewater is probably better than a Big Ben. But who cares? Steelers at home minus one. You don't win in Heinz Field. I've heard so many takes on this game, and everyone that has takes on it loves the side they're on. Like, like my <laughs> my buddy thinks like the Broncos are the lock of the week. My dad thinks the Steelers are like the best bet of the week. Like, I heard a couple gambling shows like kind of go back and forth on it. To me, this is like a complete toss up. Like, I, I would not touch this game just because of the kind of the mystery with Teddy. Um, uh, if Teddy was fully healthy, the mystery I- with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. What about that? I mean, I don't think it's a mystery. I think we know. <laughs> I think we. I think we have a good idea of what Ben is at this point. Uh, this is but, going to be the Ben wrapped up in the ice uh, picture, <laughs> all over the knees, the shoulder, the hip. Yeah, he's gonna man, have the walking is, boot after this one. It is crazy, man. This this Steelers team is the Super Bowl team, uh, just missing an O line and a quarterback, like which is two two pretty big things. But that defense, I mean, Najee Harris, the receivers they have, uh, that's that's a that's a great roster. Uh, they're just missing some some important pieces there. Did you have your last pick? Did you give yours? Well, I gave three, and then I did the highlighter. So, Oh, so we're nullifying the Eagles, or do you want me to? We're nullifying the Eagles, but everybody know, remember, that Mark had the over before anyone else had the over, okay? Please, if if you hit the over, please uh, reach out to Mark at uh, Mark Henry Jr. Don't forget the underscore. And tell him, hey, thanks for the over. Sure, Mark. It's your, it's, hey, it's your stage. I'll take the break. 
It's the Braves money line today. Braves were winning the World Series. Okay. Well, hopefully this podcast gets out before 8 o'clock. <laughs> Game's 430. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully this podcast gets out before 430. You're on the clock. Oh, man. All right. This is Everything's Fine. If you, if you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review, podcast on Apple, podcast on Spotify, podcast on anywhere you could find podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We do more than just podcasts on YouTube. We also do video content. You see my dumbass going down to uh, down to Lincoln Financial Field sometimes. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We will talk to you on Monday. Remember, if you hit the over of the Eagles game, please credit Mark Henry Jr., the first guy underscore, the first guy to have the over, okay? <laughs> Even though I went first. Bye. Bye.